Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor behind the steel curtain.com. And folks, the Steelers win. This post-game podcast should be some it should be filled with elation. 15 to 10. The Steelers do it in an odd way. A very strange football game. We're going to talk about all that. I've never wanted to just jump up and yell F yeah in the middle of my house, but with my five little kids running around, I couldn't. Um, big win for the Steelers. We should all be happy. Let's bring on my co-host, Dave Schofield. What's up, Dave? That's all I got to say, man. That's, I mean, you tell me the Steelers are going to score 15 points where I would have been like, geez, Boz had a busy day today. Uh, Yeah, not so much. But you tell me the Steelers score 15 points and and, and win the game. Oh, man, I, I, I still don't know what I just saw. It's, it's, let's do this. It was weird. Uh, Let's get Brian Anthony Davis on. What's up, Brian? Hey, I'm glad you tell me what's going on. I was binge watching Squid Game, so I have no clue what happened. So I'm, I, that's why I'm on the show. Yeah, it, it's a new weird phenomenon on Netflix. But hey, man, I am elated too. And Jeff, you didn't yell it, but I yelled it for you. And the three other human beings in my house know how much I hate Cleveland and Baker Mayfield more than the Baltimore Ravens and Wang Harps. So I will say that. And Eric yeah, asked you. You gotta you, read it. He said, "Dad must have been shirtless again this week." <laughs> Gentlemen, Bad was shirtless this week. Yeah. <laughs> not, not only was I shirt, and I was about to put my shirt on, and I'm, my daughter's like, "Yeah, you can't put it back on if they won last time with you shirtless." I'm like, "Okay." 
So yeah, I uh, I watched the game shirtless, and I think it's going to become a thing. I just promise I'm not going to do the post game show shirtless. <laughs> but there, and there was that. one point because I I actually I successfully took a shower between the third and fourth quarter, wow. and yeah successfully so i came out in a towel and i was thinking of the uh, show the other day what ian's talking about where they were joking about the baker mayfield commercials and ben roethlisberger coming out of uh the bathroom wearing nothing but a towel and that's what i felt like and i think that's what the steelers <laughs> did to baker mayfield today not just ben but tj watt came out in a towel as well there you go. Let's get uh, Tanya McBride gives us four ninety nine. We thank you very much for the tip. She says, do you think the Muth catch was one of the clutchest catches in Steelers history? That was a big fourth down. That was, uh, you did that remind me of Deontay Johnson's catch in Buffalo, to be honest with you, uh, where the ball was kind of tipped up in the air. Somehow they get their feet down with possession. Um, just a, an unbelievable play. We are going to get to that. Trust me. I'm going to get your take on that. I want to get X Eddie B. Give us two. Uh, Canuck Bucks, he says, that was scary. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. We're going to be heading out here with our own kids here to trick-or-treat here shortly. As we cannot start this with anything other than the fake field goal, because that's what everyone wants to talk about. We will talk about the rest of this game, and we will diagnose this in every which way and sideways. Trust me, the Steelers win a huge game. This is gigantic in a lot of ways. We talked about that all last week. But facing a chip shot field goal, I think it was something like 30 yards, maybe even less than that. 28. Steelers, 28, thank you, Dave. Steelers decide to go for a fake field goal, and I'm going to say it right now. that It should have been flagged. It should have been flagged. That that hit was not only late, extremely late, but gets a helmet to the chin. I'm sorry, if you're going to call some of the soft penalties that they called on the Steelers throughout this game, and you don't call that, that's egregious to me. We'll never get an apology or anything like that, but Chris Boswell's in the concussion protocol. Who knows what's going to happen next week with his availability. We'll talk about that. But Dave, I'm going to give you the floor first. What exactly was your thought process? I know you and I agree on this because obviously on our Slack channel, they were, we were talking about it. Your thoughts on the fake field goal in general, and then go on from there. All right. Now I'm going to tell you, I know right now that I'm probably in the minority, but I'm not knee jerk reaction to this at all. The truth is, and, and you can't judge it based on how it was afterwards, because Brian made a great point about that that I'll let him say. But to me, I did not have a problem with going for the fake field goal in that situation. I did not. Obviously, the execution was not there. Um, obviously, they were, I sound like Mike Tomlin. Obviously, they felt that they that they had a, a good play that would work in that circumstance. You don't just fake it for the sake of faking it. You have to believe that you have seen something and have something that would work. When Boswell rolled out, both guys had like at least two guys on each of them, and that's all they had out there. But so the instant reaction would be like, oh, that's such a terrible call and a terrible decision. I don't think so. I, I actually like the decision to go for it there. I'd have been fine if they kicked it too. But I have no problem with the aggression there. The fact that, one, it didn't work, and two, your kicker got knocked out is just another one of those things. I will continue to go back to the playoff game in the 2017 season where people threw a fit about the onside kick. The number said to go for the onside kick because they hadn't stopped them for a three and out all season. It was just so poorly executed that they got a penalty and put them in field goal range without them having to gain a yard. Sometimes things you just need to execute – better what the decisions are that's just me that's how i feel about it brian go ahead take your piece 
Gentlemen, I am so glad first that Jeff, you went to Dave first, because if you would have went to me first, I would have deferred to Dave because we've had discussions about this. <laughs> Dave, Dave, Dave and I, we disagree a lot. We agree a lot. But today I'm firmly on Dave's side. Um, the uh, the Scobros might be uh, heading for divorce court, but um, but look, if you Tune make it on that, Tuesday night, <laughs> with my brother on the Slack channel before, so I I, I got to have a conversation <laughs> with them. Guest host Judge Joe Brown um, <laughs> might be more so, for this one. <laughs> I'm not the father. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Someone's getting hit with a chair. Um, so, <laughs> you know, if that works, if that works, we're loving it. If you don't do something like that, and you just take the field goal, that game completely changes. Now, I I'm going to throw something else in here. If you don't do something like that, you're going to hear, "Well, the Steelers never try something like that when the Browns or the Bengals or the Ravens do it against you." Well, the Steelers don't have the guts to ever do that. They're too predictable. Hey, they tried it. It didn't work. Like I said, if it works, you love it. Now, I'm going to say something else that's absolutely crazy. That might have saved that football game for the Steelers. And here's why. Wouldn't have gone for it on fourth. No. You're not going for it on fourth down. You're kicking field goals. You are, you are a different team. You're not a desperate team at that point. And they became a desperate team with no kicker. So, am I glad it happened? No, but man, if you if you knew the script and you you knew both endings, which we're never going to know both endings, but if you knew both endings, you might go back in hindsight and pick this. It's it was unbelievable. Um, and again, the fake field goal. Everyone's upset based on the fact that Boswell got hurt and he couldn't kick anymore. If Boswell throws the ball at the end zone and he doesn't get hurt and he can still kick, everyone's like, well, that says, they're still going to question the call. I'm not going to suggest that, but they're not going to be as up in arms because now the Steelers were in this awkward situation, this strange no man's land for the rest of the game of the field goal, extra points, not even an option. Kickoffs were an adventure with you know big press kicking the ball out of, out of bounds on his very first uh, kickoff. So it's a situation for me where the Steelers – Again, like like you both said, if they make it like they did in Denver, what, in 2019, where he hit Alejandro Villanueva, Boswell threw a touchdown to Big Al on the back of the end zone. I think it was 2019, maybe it's 2018. I can't remember. Um, but still, no one complained then when it worked. So I think this is a situation where it was compounded by the injury. Yeah. And that's what made it even worse. I want to get these super chats up here real quick. Tyler W. gives us $10. Says, I'm a hypocrite. Sad, said when we beat Seattle ugly, but elated. Oh, sad when we beat Seattle ugly, but elated. Beating the Browns even uglier, keeping your heads up. I don't know if this was an ugly win. I mean, come on. I mean, Steelers ran the ball well. We're going to talk about yeah. that. They stopped the run. They, they held the Browns, I think, to their lowest uh, rushing output of the season. Second lowest. Second lowest. Arthur Steele gave us 499. He said, this is the sweetest W in a long time. I agree with that. The Ben's land Browns can call Ben daddy. Tomlin take a lot, taking lots of heat because of the fake field goal thoughts. A W's a W though. Thank you, Arthur, for the tip. We appreciate it. Tom Muir gives us $4, one for each W. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Thank you very much, Tom. Uh, a lot of people are chiming in about the fake field goal. As I knew what happened. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, one more. No, there's one more. Michael, uh, whatever. $5. Thank you, Michael. Uh, all those drop passes by the Browns saved us. We got lucky. I'll, I don't want to hear it, Michael. I really don't. Uh, you can talk about penalties. You can talk about a lot of things. The ebb and flow of this game was 
the momentum changes were huge. Yes, there were drops, but let's not pretend the Steelers didn't have drops. Deontay Johnson had, I thought, a pretty big drop. Uh, you talk about some of the other calls. Look, we can complain about officiating, and we will. But at the same time, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the Steelers found a way to win. I'm never going to apologize for that. Dave, go ahead. You want to say I something? I just want to say one last thing about the fake field goal, and that is this. Let's say they run it, they don't convert, Boswell still gets hurt. But they actually call the penalty that happened on the play. The Steelers get half the distance to the goal, three more tries, score a touchdown, and the Browns don't even get the ball to, at the end of the half. That changes the game com completely. And would we have been upset for the try, even though they lost Boz, but we ended up getting a touchdown, you know, a Steelers fans out of it. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I think it still would have changed there that it wouldn't have been as bad. So I, it really is dependent on the results and not saying, Hey, was it good? I like the aggression. I just really wish they could have uh, yeah. um, executed better. The only other injury injury of note, obviously Boswell's in the concussion protocol. Mike Tomlin said this after the game in his post game press conference. Um, he'll be, who knows? You know, the good thing the Steelers have a Monday nighter coming up against Chicago uh, it could give them an extra day, but they don't have, right, Dave? You said they don't have a, pr a kicker on their practice squad, am I right? They do not. So they're going to have to bring in someone from the outside. Or let me ask you one thing. Brian, I'll give you first. How did the Steelers not have a backup plan at all? Well, he here's the thing. It goes back to 2008 when they didn't have a backup at uh, – at long snapper and it was James Harrison and the game that I was at and they blew it against the Giants, even though that was a Super Bowl winning season. You need to have somebody practicing kicks. I mean, even if it's press practicing kicks, but I don't think he's ever practiced anything because it looks like, oh no, hey, maybe I should try this. And you can tell that on when he hit it out of bounds that there was there was no chance that he's ever tried anything. So they need to be thinking about these things. They had a backup plan last year during COVID because they had, they kept an extra kicker and an extra punter at times. I believe it was Matthew Wright. Um, yep. One thing about one thing about the kicking situation, Jeff, is that two starters got let go last week. So there's there's actually starters out there that are that are free agents. So one of them might be called. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Dave, I don't know what this means, but Eric, I know what it is. Dollars. He said, Dave, how proud were you of your other brother recovering that fumble? It, it shouldn't have been recovering. It should have been forcing. It was the other show, bro. <laughs> you know, the, the other skill, bro, of Joe show. Oh, oh okay. Forcing the yeah. fumble. I know exactly what he was talking about. He hit me up on Twitter about it. I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, didn't see a lot of Schobert in the game where he was standing out a lot, but boy, he sure did stand out there, didn't he? He did. And, you know, I hate that the Steelers went three and out after that turnover. Oh, no. <laughs> that was that's, uh, that's as the deflating as it comes. Yeah. yeah. They have uh, not been here. good coming off of, take, off of takeaways this year. Monster 19 gives us 499. It's still at the bar. Steelers win. Bungholes lose. Here we go. Monster <laughs> 19. Be responsible. All right. Let's <laughs> make sure you yeah. take a cab or an Uber home or something <laughs> if you need. <laughs> Otherwise, thanks for tuning in while you're at the bar. I appreciate it. Okay. Let's decompress a little bit. Let's try to go through this uh, stat line. We'll start with the Steelers on offense. Let's go with BTR, as we always do. Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger finishes 22 of 34, 266 yards. Hey, he fell within my range. I said 25 to 35 attempts is his sweet spot, and they do that with 34 attempts. 266 yards, 7.8 average, one touchdown, no interceptions, was sacked twice, 98.4 rating. Jazz, I, if you want to give a grade, you can. We don't have to, but oh my goodness, like, BTR, what were your thoughts? Dave, we'll start with you. 
Oh, get to start with me. Yay. Um, I I have him in consideration for a game ball on the game ball article that'll be coming out here later on this evening, just because I think that he he did a nice job. He he managed well. He he took care of the situation. He ran the ball on a quarterback draw for a two-point conversion. It just so happened it didn't count because of a penalty. But how much did you love that? I loved what Roethlisberger was doing. He had one throw in there that was that was iffy about possibly being an interception, but woulda, coulda, shoulda. Um, I just felt like I, I didn't feel like he was slow coming out of the bye or anything else. It just it seemed like some of the best Roethlisberger we've seen this season. I agree. Brian, thoughts on BTR? I loved Benny in this game. And, you know, Dave brought up a good point on the preview the other night when I said, you know, he could possibly have an interception. He's Dave's like, I'm more worried about, you know, a strip sack and him losing the football and he held onto the ball there. I thought he played a very smart game and I really loved the way he led this team. I, I was confident in this team the entire game with Ben. I had no problem with him. He had one ugly ball that could have been an inter- interception, but that's a good stat line for Ben. I love it. Yeah, if I'm giving him a grade, I, I've been wearing this shirt, play big like Ben, since they started this winning streak, which is now at three. So as my game day attire. Yeah, and, just like Brian can't wear yeah, anything. Exactly. You have and to the, wear and that the beard one. continues to grow. So um, for me, I mean, I'm looking at this and I'm like, man, this this was a good. I asked this question on Let's Ride. I was like, will we ever see big Ben again? Ben Roethlisberger still out there, but will we ever see big Ben again? That pass to Deontay Johnson for 50 plus yards to seal the win that was a big Ben moment. Like that was everyone thinks we're going to run and I'm going to put a bullet, a dart right on Deontay Johnson's hands and he's going to do the rest. It was a great game. It was a great game. And uh, you know, was it perfect? No, but it's improving. We'll put it that way. I want to get this on the screen here. Owen Davey gave us, I guess it's a a pound or a Euro or something. I didn't see a question. Um, so I'll see if this, if you can find it, let us know. Otherwise, we're going to continue on through the box score. Najee Harris rushes 26 times for nine, 91 yards, a 3.5-yard average, did have a touchdown with a long of 11. Chase Claypool, two rushes for 16 yards, and Ray Ray McLeod, one for 10. Guys, what do you think about Najee Harris and the running game? Dave, we'll start with you. Well, I will say real quick about that, that Ray Ray McLeod one. The reason he gets credit for a 10-yard run is because the hold happened 10 yards downfield. Um, where it would have been an even longer run. So therefore, because it happened downfield, he gets credit for the point up into where the, to where the hold was. Um, just to throw that out there for anyone that's curious how the numbers work. Najee Harris, I feel bad at the end of the game when everyone knew he was getting the ball when he was losing some yardage there because, you know, kind of brought down the average, might have brought down the total a little bit. But man, oh man, was he come? I mean, third and five. Third and five, and they hand it off to him, and he, and he carries it forward. Loved what we saw from the running game from the Steelers today against a good defense. Yes, very good defense. A defense in Cleveland that uh, it's here defensively rushing second in the NFL. Second in the NFL. All right, Brian, what do you think about the running game, especially uh, Najee Jerome Harris? You know what? <laughs> you could call him his real middle name or Jeff's no world. You, you, you could do that. It is now. Uh, you can call him anything you want. You can call him a great first-round draft pick. And right now, if it wasn't for the existence of Jamar Chase, this guy, in my mind, would probably be your offensive rookie of the year. I really love that they he is making this his team. And he is changing the offense week by week as the 
as the blocking schemes get better, as the blocking just gets better, this is becoming 22's team. So double deuce. I'll tell you what, with Najee Harris, it, the, the funny thing is, is, you know, when I'm tweeting it during the game and I tweet a lot during the game and it's on my desktop, so it's easier. Uh, you know, early in the season, it was always up Najee hitting the backfield, loss of three, loss. I can think of one run in this week eight game where he was dropped for a minus. And this didn't count the, the plays at the end where they're trying to kill the clock. I, I'm talking about the game, you know, plays where you're typically, your know, blocking is, is very typical. So for me, I think it's it's as much about the offensive line, and we're going to go into that next, as it is about Najee Harris. Najee Harris, we knew he was capable of this if they just gave him the space and time necessary, and he's been getting that. So I, I do want to get, before we get into the offensive line, uh, David Moy gives us $10. No one said it would be pretty, but anytime you lose your first game, your expectations for tying the undefeated Dolphins goes out the window. That doesn't mean we can't win the Super Bowl wild card. There you go. Thank you, David. Appreciate that. Um, let's go to that offensive line. I, I want to ask you all a question to answer before you give me your take on the offensive line because we already rattled off the rushing numbers. Uh, we talked about Ben Roethlisberger's day. He did to get sacked twice. Answer this question. How do you insert Zach Banner into this offensive line at this point? Who is inactive again today? How do you insert him into the lineup when he is that you have seen nothing but steady progress every single game, including this one against a really good defense. Dave, we'll start with you. That's that's why he was inactive again today, I assume. So you're telling me because, over Joe Haig? Well, here's why. There's a reason why it's over Joe Haig. Because if you have one tackle that's going to be on the sidelines, you want that to be your swing tackle. And Joe Haig is a much is a, is more capable of playing left tackle than Zach Banner, in my opinion. And there, and I don't think there's, you know, and Joe Haig did fine at right tackle. He's already started there one game. So I think it's Haig because he could, he could, to me, if Zach Banner's your third tackle and someone goes down, Banner has to go to right. And if it was Dan Moore that goes down, Chooks has to bump to left. The question is, do you want to move two tackles? And right now the Steelers say no, or it could be that they feel that Zach Banner might only be 95% and a 95% Zach Banner is not better than 100% of everyone else that they got. I, I hope Coach Tomlin is pressed on this on Tuesday. I really do. I want to hear what he has to say. So before I go to Brian, Dave, do you put him back in the lineup for Chooks at right tackle because of maybe the penalties or anything like that? I would have to go back and watch the tape more. If you know, I'm going to give my Tomlin an answer. Just your knee jerk. Just um, your knee jerk. Right now, I would say on a three game win streak after beat, beating the Browns, no. But I would also have them on a very short leash. Got to be active to do that, though. Well, yeah, but meaning <laughs> meaning for the next game. Right now, I get it. So. Brian, thoughts on Zach Banner being injected into the offensive line and anything else? Go ahead. You know my thoughts on Chooks. You know my thoughts on Zach Banner. Right now, you can't do it. You you just don't beat the chemistry. You just don't try to throw in another element in there right now. But if I think what's going to happen is you're going to see you're going to see Banner later on this year, and it's going to happen not because of an injury, because there's going to be a game where Chooks gets beat up, and it's like, all right, now we could make that. You don't mess with what's going on right now. You don't screw with a a win streak. It's like Bull Durham and Crash Davis always said, if you've got a win streak and you have and you have a mold grown on your shower shoes, it doesn't matter. So you, you got to keep that going. They've got chemistry. This is becoming a better line. I would rather see Banner in there, but I'm not at the expense of 
wrecking the whole thing. Now, I want to ask you all about the offensive line in general, especially a uh, young rookie, Dan Moore Jr., going up against Miles Garrett. He did, he struggled. Miles Garrett's also elite. Uh, Dave, what were your thoughts just on the uh, offensive line in general? Well, they didn't help him a lot, did they? They put him on an island on more than one occasion. And, and I mean, there was a few times where Garrett really disrupted the, the plays, but there were other times that he didn't. I mean, for, for a fourth round rookie playing in, in his seventh NFL game, going up against Miles Garrett, where they didn't give him a, I mean, I really need to go back and watch the tape. So I hope I'm not misspeaking here, but at first glance, it didn't seem like they gave him a ton of help all the time. I can't say that it was that bad. You just can't expect him to win every play. If you know what I mean, yeah. because he could win nine out of 10. And then that one play is going to be a sack and a big play or something like that. So in all, I was satisfied. I, didn't like as many penalties that the that the line had. I'm sorry, but that first one on Chukes with for the lineup thing that to me that was the most ticky tacky one of them all because usually to do that you've got to be you've got to have your head behind the center's butt and it didn't look like he did. He just wasn't as far forward as the guard and they usually warn you before they call that. And I just thought that killed the Steelers' first drive. That one was ticky tack. I'm I'm not counting that one against Chukes, but they had plenty of other penalties. But honestly. I'd rather see them continue to play aggressive and man, oh man, did they really open up some holes in the run game? Absolutely. Brian thoughts on the offensive line. All right. Let me go back a couple weeks to when I got lambasted here and you know me, there's one thing I might say some stupid <laughs> things from time to time, but when I'm wrong, I apologize for it. And when I'm wrong, I say, yeah, I, I missed the boat on that one. It was like my first marriage missed the boat on that one. So <laughs> what I'm going to say here is I made the comments about Chooks being scared against Von Miller. But everybody pointed out to me, they're like, hey, he stood up to Von Miller. So you go on the other side, I'm going to say about Dan Moore Jr. He stood up to Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett, yo, he was he made plays because Miles Garrett's going to make plays on his worst day. He's making plays. He's Miles Garrett. But Dan Moore Jr. handled Miles Garrett enough like Chooks for handled Von Miller for that team to win that game. So, Chooks, I'll apologize for that. Good job, Dan Moore. Really no problems with the offensive line. I get mad at Chooks when Chooks uh, gets a penalty and when he does that stuff because I just have my radar on him right now. Three years from now, I could be wearing a 76 jersey and loving him. You know, I mean, that's just what happens in this league. Players get better, players, uh, but this team is coming together. I know uh, Dave was talking about some ticky-tack penalties. Like, it was really weird. Uh, you know, when Ben had that two-point conversion, you know, they, even Romo pointed out it was ahead of the play. Ahead of the play, it really shouldn't have been called. So, you know, I – and on the – there was one when uh, when Kendrick Green got nailed that, you know, yeah, it was a penalty. Yeah. He did hold. You know, but holding happens too. But for the most part, they got the job done. Not for, no, no, wait, wait. Let me scratch that. They got the job done. No, for the most part, they did it. We talked about earlier. There's, you know, the title of this podcast is an ugly and beautiful win all at the same time. And Jeff said it's not an ugly win. A lot of people here are saying it's ugly too. Let me scratch that. An AFC North game broke out today. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. You had good defense. You had suffocating defense. You have the two front runners, uh, with the exception of an Aaron Donald, 
for defensive player of the year in this game. And they showed up, but the Steelers showed up more. And the reason the Steelers showed up more is because of the play of the offensive line. Adrian Clem is getting his guys to do the things that they're meant to do. He's instilling a nasty streak in them and they are coming together. This is not the team that this is not the offensive line that showed up in week one, week two, week three, week four, not they're getting better. Yeah, they are improving for sure. Tom Muir gives us $5 that I asked uh, who the best tackle to block Garrett uh, Moore had a rough day, but he's only a rookie. I think he'll improve for game two thoughts. We just talked about him a lot there, Tom. I hope you listened yeah. in the conversation. And I think that he did have a good game, all things considered. Arthur Steele gives us a dollar ninety nine. He said, "Just want to say, y'all, the real deal. Great podcast. Thank you, Arthur. We appreciate the tip and the compliment, uh, for sure." David Moya gives us another ten dollars. Is with where we were at. Do you think our run game is sustainable all season, including postseason? Najee is killing it. I hope we don't put too much wear and tear too soon. Dave, what do you think about that question? Um, I don't know who said it. If it was they were quoting Mike Tomlin or from something. I, I just know I saw or, or read or heard this somewhere today. There was a lot of stuff I saw today. That's why I can't remember it. It's saying, hey, you might not want to run Najee Harris that much and give him that many touches, but right now the Steelers need to win football games. And that's what it's taken to win them. If they could, if they could win games without wearing out Najee Harris, that would be great too. But the you know, first and foremost, you got to make sure you got to win games in order to put you in that situation. Brian, thoughts on that? Najee Harris wear and tear? All I have to say is there's a sequence in the first or second quarter, a long run by Najee, next play, Kalen Balaj. I don't know whether it's a four or five-yard loss, but it was a loss, and that's one of those that kind of uh, strangles a little bit of momentum at, the, at that point with the run game. That's the drop-off. So you've got to make a deal with the devil sometimes when you're playing uh, playing NFL football. Dave just said they have to win games. You're not winning without Najee Harris. You're not, you do not have the same running game with Najee Harris. We talked a lot about even when the running game wasn't up to snuff early on, where Najee was taking minus fours and making them plus ones. And we don't like a pl- just a one-yard gain, but yeah, that's what was happening. So th- that you you've got to you've got to make that deal and then do the sign of the cross and hope, (laughs) hope it works out. Well, at this point you're coming, it comes down to, would you rather put that on rookie running back Najee Harris, or do you want it on Ben? This is what it comes down to this season. Do you want Ben throwing it 45 times a game, or would you rather him handing it off to Najee Harris? Najee ended up with 26 carries. That's that's that that used to be a typical stat line for a running back in the NFL. Twenty six carries. Yeah. Now, granted, Najee Harris also had. Let me look at the receiving. He had uh, three receptions, so twenty nine total touches of the football in this game. I don't think that wear and tear was like the big deal. He was running the ball well. Why wouldn't she? Did people say this with Jerome Bettis? Oh, they're they're giving the ball to Jerome too much. Stop giving Never. it to the bus. Let's get someone else in it. No, come on. Kalen Village goes in first. They run a lousy play with the jet sweep to him or not jet sweep, but the sweep pitch left to him, which that's not his forte. Put him between the tackles and he, he makes a mistake. He tries to cut back instead of taking it to the boundary, getting what you can and live to play another day. He also was injured with the ribs as Mike Tomlin said after the game. So he could find his way on. Um, heck he could find his way on injured reserve and, and that yeah. would eliminate one of the running backs. Tyler W says, gives us two bucks says Watt outplayed Garrett. Simple as that hashtag DPOY defensive player of the year. Watt 
He played a good game. We're going to talk about the defense here shortly. Before we do that, I want to get to the receiving. Uh, Deontay Johnson, after that 50-yard uh, catch and run, he led the team with six catches on 13 targets. Yikes. For 98 yards, Chase Claypool, four for 45 on five targets. Pat Fryermuth, four catches, one touchdown on a seven-yard target. Zach Gentry, watch out, three catches for 39 yards and five targets. Najee Harris, three for 29 on three targets, like I mentioned. Benny Snell even had one catch for seven yards. James Washington, one for four. Uh, I heard it said somewhere that things aren't going well when Deontay Johnson is the main targeted receiver. And I don't know if that's true or not. He got 13 targets, but uh, what do you guys do think for about the receiving core or the pass catchers? Dave, we'll start with you. I thought in all it was, it was, let's just say this, a good or even very good day. I wouldn't say it was an outstanding day overall. For everyone, I thought, man, they went at Frermuth. They were he was the target early. He was the target often. He showed why with that fantastic fourth down catch. I mean, there's just there's a lot to be excited about there. And I thought I I, I kind of like what they're doing with Zach Gentry that he can contribute in that way. So I really liked what the tight ends were showing, um, and the wide receivers. You know, it's not like it wasn't that they were bad. Deontay Johnson, great play there, and. I'm so happy that he did the smart thing and made sure he went down in bounds. I mean, when you're running that long and everything, it's, you know, it, it might be your tendency just, I'll just go out and stop it. No, that took, that made them have to use a timeout. And that's why they never had to give the ball back. And Ben got to have an incompletion to end the game. If we, I wonder how that affected his, his rating. But anyway, um, that, that they could run out the clock with that. So it all, I once again, kind of disappointed James Washington was only targeted once again. So um, we'll see how that continues to develop. That holding call might've been in the doghouse on the yeah. uh, Ray Ray McLeod end around Brian pass mm-hmm. catchers. What do you think? If he is, uh, if somebody wants to pick him up, Eric Ebron got traded today because of Zach Gentry. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you kind of feel like Zach Gentry, you feel pretty good about him right now. I mean, as a replacement for Eric Ebron, if they if they deal him, and I think that's probably going to happen now based on a lot that they've been seeing in practice and what they saw today in this game. I, I just feel like there was some cl- – I thought when Ben went back to pass that I felt pretty good when he was throwing the ball. Not just – because of Ben, but I felt pretty confident with the receivers. Wish Juju was in there because I'm very confident with Juju. I'm not sure what happened with Deontay Johnson and the drops. I mean, he had he, he has key big plays. There, I don't know if he had drops, and that's what I'm saying. I don't know what what the stat line is on that. I just what did Dave just say? Six for thirteen. So I don't know what yeah. those those seven other targets. What happened in those situations? Mm-hmm. I, you know, people are going to continue to point the finger too at Chase Claypool, but Chase Claypool brought in a big ball at one point, a very a uh, big play. And so I just think that they're they're doing well in this arena. I'm still not going to be surprised if they bring in a bring in a, a guy like Brandon Cooks if they feel they need to. I I mean we talked about this the other day, like who are they going to give his, you have Washington, you have this. I'm just not sure where they're looking to go, but those guys did nothing to lose this game today either. When it comes to pass catchers for me, it comes down to three words and I'll put this $5 tip from Garrett Slingerland up on the screen at the same time. 
Pat freaking Fryermuth. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm going to say. Pat mm-hmm. freaking Fryermuth. So with that said, I, I thought they did a great job. Thank you for the tip care. We appreciate it. Um, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to head over. If you're listening on the podcast side, head over to part two. We're going to talk about defense, special teams, I guess. And then we're also going to uh, give our final thoughts on the game. If you're watching live on Facebook or YouTube, don't go anywhere. We're not going anywhere. We will be right back. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.